This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. Lisa Wysocki from Nashville, Tennessee. And I am Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for May 25th, episode 2940, brought to you today by Stateline Tech. Good morning, horse people. Hey, you made it to Wednesday. Only three days left till a weekend full of horsey fun. Lucky for you, you have Jamie and Glenn to get you through on Horses in the Morning. All right. Oh my gosh, Lisa, thank you for being patient with me. I had a crazy morning and um, I've made it. So what's going on? <laughs> oh, just, okay. So it's, it's been raining for three days. Okay. Three days straight. My husband really? is on call. Yes. And it's, it's, it's an ungodly amount of rain we've had. My husband is on call. He wakes up this morning. He's like, oh my God, I got called. I got to go. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> wait, but I have to work. And then I, and then the kid has to go to school. It's his last week of school. So I'm like, okay, fine. I'll take him to school. I get him a beetle and I'm driving out the driveway. And I'm like, oh my God, I am completely out of gas. Oh no. Back up to the house. I get the truck keys. I'm going to go get the truck where hey, buddy, we're going to jump from the car into the truck. You can't walk down there because it is pouring down rain. <laughs> Pouring down rain, we drive my beetle down to where the truck is parked at the front of the property, where my husband has ever so helpfully hooked it up to the trailer. Oh, exciting. In the pouring rain, <laughs> I am ill-prepared to be doing anything besides, I don't know, this. And I'm in my fuzzy slippers, and I'm in sweat, pajama pants and a t-shirt. And I'm like, oh, crap, I've got to unhook the truck and trailers. <laughs> Because <laughs> there's no gas stations in between my son's school and my house. And it's like on, you know, you have five miles left. I'm like, that's not going to work. So I have to get out and I have to unhook the truck and trailer in the pouring rain wearing fuzzy slippers after it's been raining for three days. I want to see the photo. I can, I, I can <laughs> promise you that those fuzzy slippers will never be worn again. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, it, so I so I've I've unhooked the truck and trailer. Of course, then I have to climb in the back of the truck because it's a gooseneck, you know. So I'm like underneath the gooseneck in a truck bed of water that is flooded <laughs> the truck, and I'm on my on my side like trying to unhook the tow chains from underneath the trailer, get that ball. And then I'm like, okay, I got to wind the you know twist the thing. What? Where's the like thing that it sits on? I don't know. So I'm walking around the farm looking for the giant brick that it sits on in my fuzzy slippers while wearing pajama <laughs> pants in the pouring rain, wearing a t-shirt, freezing to death. Get everything oh, situated, get in the car and we drive. So I'm like, oh my God, I'm never going to make it to work. And I'm like, I, I don't even know who's producing this episode because Glenn's not here. And I'm like, I, I'm driving. I don't know who to call. So I call Glenn. I'm like, I'm like, I hand my phone to my son. I'm like, find Glenn and dial his number. <laughs> so it comes up I'm like, I am going to get me there. He goes, well, I'm not going to be there either. And I was like, I know, but you know who to call. <laughs> Uh, so I'm oh. sitting here currently. Um, and so of course then Chad's like, Oh, it turns out I don't have to leave till later. And I'm like, no way. I'm, I'm going to no. murder you. I'm going to murder you. And, uh, I'm sitting here soaking wet. He's like, can I bring you anything? And I'm like, I need hot coffee and socks. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm still waiting on the socks. <laughs> uh, so oh. I'm, I'm here. <laughs> I look like a drowned puppy <laughs> but i'm here you paint such a great visual I, I mean, i'm sorry i'm laughing but but it's, it's you know why amazing. i can yeah. paint such good visuals and and i really know that people don't always believe the things that i say but like 
I paint great visuals because it literally just happened exactly yeah. that way. <laughs> <laughs> it's very fresh. <laughs> it's fresh. It's true. Uh, so this would be the time where Glenn would play the that girl sound because I am the mom at drop off who is like soaking wet in a pickup truck covered in mud while she's wearing, and I can't get out to open the car door. I'm like, you're just going to have to tuck and roll, buddy. <laughs> tuck and roll. Thank you. Uh, so, oh. so we've made it. <laughs> Well, that's that's good. We're glad you're here. <laughs> uh, so Chad just brought me socks, and he brought me one sock that is full human size, and one sock that is <laughs> about four. Yeah, give them back. I'll take them. I don't care. <laughs> one sock that is four inches that is clearly a baby sock. <laughs> but he's trying. Uh, <clears throat> I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get get myself together here. Why don't we take a moment and do some daily <laughs> winnies while I gather myself? So my daily winnie goes to Liz Mallard. Some of the auditors know Liz from some of the concerts and uh, at a time in her past, she was homeless and um, now she's housed and she's doing really great, wonderful things. And I'm in her apartment using her internet. So I'm so excited. <laughs> Dude, that's amazing. Full circle. Full circle. I know. I know. So she has fabulous internet. And of course, we still don't at the farm. We're still waiting for fiber to come down, but they say it, it will be here eventually. So uh, in the meantime, um, uh, I'm in Liz's apartment. <laughs> that is fantastic, though. Like, yes. there's got to be some sort of circle back because you facilitated all of that. And I know she helped herself, but you helped her as well. well so. It was it was a, a group effort. There were a number of organizations and people who helped her, but but she's become a great volunteer at Colby's Army and and a good friend and uh, uh, good enough to let me use her uh, internet <laughs> when she's not even home. So... <laughs> Don't steal anything, okay? No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, all right, my turn. Okay, well, my daily Winnie goes out to my new friend. Um, his name is Edwin Negdala. Okay, Edwin Negdala. I was in Home Depot a couple days ago, and I got a message on Facebook, and it said, I'm interested. Can you tell me more? Oh, no. That's the only <laughs> message I got. And it went to my Facebook page, my uh, Flyover Farm horse training Facebook page. I'm interested. Can you tell me more? And I wrote back, in what? <laughs> like, what are you interested in? <laughs> okay. He writes back. So, where are you located? I really need a female horse, but I don't know how I can get one. And I'm like, okay, this, this is going to be fun. <laughs> this is going to be fun. I wrote back, what would you like this female horse to do? <laughs> and he wrote back, what kind do you have? So I wrote back, I have female horses that jump, swim, and fly. <laughs> and he wrote back, okay, please send me the pictures. Let me check and the price. Uh, well, okay. But I said, which one would you like to see? Where are you located? I can have them shipped. He wrote back. Okay. But please send me pictures of them. Let me see. Pictures of the jumping one, the swimming one, or the flying one. He wrote back. Clearly he's getting a little frustrated. Just send me a picture of all of them and let me see. Well, I need more information. So I wrote back and do you want a female or are you wanting a gelded stallion? <laughs> <laughs> and then he wrote back, I would like a female. And apparently, well, I'm in the, cause this is all in home Depot and I'm at the checkout line. Apparently I didn't write back fast enough because then his next one is, are you there? <laughs> so I've got, um, all of this information clearly. Okay, here we go. He wants a female not gelded stallion that jumps, swims, or flies. He doesn't care. He just wants a female horse and doesn't know how to get it. So I sent him a photo. If you Google unicorn, there's like a gift that comes up. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like a unicorn standing there like 
shaking his head and pawing and like swishing his tail. So I sent him that. And I said, you can see it here. And there's a link <laughs> to it. And I thought that would be the end of it. You know, like that's enough. Like, I, I think we're done here. I've clearly shot you the middle finger. And, as and I so think. Are you but, having fun at this time? Or are you frustrated with this guy? Oh, I'm with a friend. We're having a blast. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then he writes back and I expected to be like, mm, you're a, you're a jerk, you know, whatever he wrote back. When can you send it to me? <laughs> I was like, okay, we're done here. Now, um, goodness, good thing is I screenshotted it because um, when I went back to visit the message to read it to you, I noticed that he had redacted all of his communication. <laughs> oh, my. And it's not, it's not. So, I mean, I'm assuming that means he got rid of that Facebook profile, but just people. Let me, let me educate you for a second. I mean, not educate you. Just give, give you, educate me. If people do this to you, will you please play with them and then send me all of it so I can read it on the air? <laughs> because, and I got it from a, from a, there was a stand-up comedian and he's doing a bit and he said, he's driving down the road and his phone rings and he answers the phone and he's like, Hey, hello. And he's like, Bruce. The answer on the voice on the other line is like, Bruce, what's going on with the budget? We're $15,000 down. And the comedian is like, be cool. What do you know? I have a New York phone number. Your name is Bruce. And we're, we're $15,000 below on the budget. And people are not happy. And he like goes through this whole thing of like, he's like, so what did I do? I just repeated $15,000. What? <laughs> and so he ends up having this entire conversation. And so that inspired me to do this. So if, you know, I always think like if I'm messing with the scammer, not that this guy was messing with the scammer, he was just messing with a dude. But if I'm messing with the scammer, like at least he's not trying to scam somebody else. I have received his attention and he's not going to get anybody for at least the next 20, 30 minutes. <laughs> and I've wasted his work day. Uh, so if you do that, please have fun with it and send me uh, screenshots. And make sure you take screenshots because they will delete their account and then you won't have it anymore. So anyway, that is my lesson for everybody today. That's a good one. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. And then we're in Home Depot and I'm like with my friend Ginger, we're buying a door for her house. And I'm like, hold on. I got another one from Edwin. Hold on. I mean, well, what do you think I should say? Okay. But, okay, cool. I wrote back. Let's keep going. What aisle are we on? <laughs> I have a friend who does something similar, but when she gets them on the phone, she blows a whistle into the phone. And um, oh. <laughs> she has a good time with that. That is awesome. Well, I would like to thank our title sponsor, Stateline Tag, for sponsoring this. I'm sure they're very proud uh, to be a part of it. And if you go to statelinetag.com, there's new arrivals from carrots. Everybody loves carrots. There's new arrivals from Kensington. They've got solutions for a fly-free season. Uh, they've got a whole nother thing of like supplements for every age. Circle Wise have released a lot of stuff. And so definitely go check out statelinetag.com because you can find all the things that you need. And uh, yeah, it's, it's fly season. What happened to spring? It was like four minutes long. I think it happened from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. one night last week uh, because now it's like there's no spray. It just went like no flies, cold weather, oh. boom, flies. Overnight, overnight, the flies came out. Just it's, overnight. It's crazy. So when I went out of town this past weekend to go see my dad, I set out some fly traps. A couple of the, I used like the bag ones that are disgusting and gross. And I set them out and they're full. They're Ew. full. Already. 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 Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Might I interject? That's the voice you hear is our intrepid producer, Jennifer. Yeah. Oh, what's friend. up? Um, we had the same thing. We had no spring. <laughs> <laughs> it is It is now officially too hot for the flies. What? Really? How yes, it, is, it can get too hot for the flies. In the morning, we have flies everywhere. But it about mid-morning, noonish, one o'clock-ish, it gets so hot that even the flies don't bother to come out of the shade. Where did it well, go? Have... <laughs> I don't know. I Where do flies have... go? Because they I don't die all winter. Flies. Where do they go? You have wimpy flies. Because our flies here in Tennessee, they love the heat. Uh -huh. the, more, the more heat, the more humidity, the more flies. 
Just, I want your flies. I want that's your flies. Oklahoma as well. I, I feel like uh, we're missing out on something in Florida. So you got to yes. fly protect at night, but in the mornings you're good to go. Well, that's no, and the, when it's when it's hotter than the surface of the sun is when they go away. <laughs> that's, that yeah. sounds probably like it. And it's thing. only the facey ones, those the big silver shiny one that makes the horse oh, yeah. have an ep- epileptic fit when it gets within three feet. They don't care about how hot it is, no. They're from Mars. No. Uh, but I still think Jamie and I need to send our flies to you and you can send your flies up because oh, no. even an hour res- respite would be great. Oh, no. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> well, here's what I, what we all need to do is Kensington has the cutest plaid. And my well, I have one Kensington fly mask. You know, fly mask, like, it's kind of a yearly thing. You got to buy a new one every year. It mm-hmm. just is. But I have one Kensington fly mask that my friend Duke wears. Now, granted, he's not... Her- breaking things. He's perfect. Um, so, but he has had the same fly mask for like four years. So this year I'm going all Kensington. <laughs> I'm on sale in tech right now. Uh, they're on, they have them on sale. All right. Well, perfect. Excellent. Well, let's get to our first guest. But before we do, I want to tell you that this health segment is brought to you by daily dose equine. I'm here with the mad scientist who developed Daily Dose Equine Horse Feeds, Janet Geyer. And I wanted to have a quick chat with you because Daily Dose Equine Horse Feeds are non-GMO whole food nutrition based. And a lot of people go, oh, that comes from a small dedicated feed mill. I won't be able to get that when I travel. They're wrong, aren't they? They are. You can get it through Chewy anywhere in the United States. Or if you live locally in Maryland, And Northern Virginia, you can get it delivered. There you go. Chewy.com, it will deliver it anywhere you want. You can also schedule delivery in advance, so you can have it delivered every X number of days. And you can go in there to your account and change it every time you move horse show venues. So check it out today, dailydoseequine.com online or Chewy.com. I would like to welcome to the show our friend, Dr. Camargo. Dr. Camargo, tell everybody where you are talking to us from. I am talking to you uh, from beautiful Lexington, Kentucky. I am a faculty at the University of Kentucky in Animal Sciences Department. I never heard of it. Actually, that's where I went to school. So, <laughs> fantastic! That's great. Well, thank you for joining us. Now, uh, what we what we're going to talk to you today about is first aid, and I'm I'm going to take it from the horse owner's perspective of first aid, which is I walk into the barn and this is what I see. Tell me what to do. Does that sound good? It sounds perfect. Okay. All right. I walk into the barn. Good morning, everybody. I walk up and I see, I I dump the grain and my horse is not eating. Will not touch his grain. It's very unlikely this horse or any horse. What do I do? Okay. So what you do, first of all, I'm hoping that you have learned to do TPR, uh, which is to take temperature and pulse and respiratory rate. Uh, So if you don't know how to do that, today is the day to learn. Uh, So what you are going to do is, um, first of all, you're going to see how the horse is breathing, if the horse is sweating, what his uh, heart rate is, and you are going to grab a thermometer and you're going to check for his temperature. And then uh, you need, if they are inside, you know, the normal parameters, you need to see, you know, is the horse tired? Is the weather super hot? What's going on outside of that? But if this is unlike uh, for this horse to simply, you know, refuse food, it's probably something is going on with him, right? So it may be that he has a little bit of a high fever or his, um, you know, um, heart rate may be elevated, which may be, you know, signs of colic. And if that's the case, you need to, um, you know, call your veterinarian. Okay, so to paint a picture, what should his temperature be? So the normal temperature uh, for horses is, you know, between 99 and a half to, you know, 100 and a half. Uh, so it just, um, you know, dip, uh, for an adult horse, for uh, a younger horse, for a foal, it can be a little bit higher than that because they're more, you know, their metabolism is, is, is higher than that. So a fever would be anything above 101 uh, is considered a fever in an adult horse. Okay. And 
I either learned how to take the pulse or I have a stethoscope and I put it underneath the front left leg, push her way back, you know, and I can hear the heartbeat. What should his heart rate be? So his heart rate, so that depends uh, on the horse, right? So if you have a very mellow, calm horse, they generally have a lower basal heart rate, so about 35, 38. Uh, and horses that are naturally a little bit more agitated, I am pointing fingers here at thoroughbreds, Arabians, they may be, um, you know, a little bit higher, such as 40, 42. So the heart rate, the range that we have is about, you know, 35 to 45 can be normal for horses. 35. Anything above that. So for if, if you have a calm horse and his basal heart rate uh, is about 35, having a 45 today may be elevated for him. Does that make sense? It does. So, so this might be something that we may want to take note of on just a regular day is to see what a normal temperature and heart rate should be for your horse and have that written down somewhere. That's correct. Yes. And it's good to take like in the morning or right before food is, is, is dropped for these horses because they get a little bit more agitated then or maybe after a ride or before a ride, just so you can see what the range of normalcy is for your horse. Now, um, you told us to also in the TPR, what is the R supposed to be? The respiration, what is normal? So the respiration, so the respiratory rate uh, for horses is anything between 12 and 20, um, you know, breaths per minute. And so that is if the weather is nice and dry and like at 75 degrees and the horse has an exercise. So that's his basal respiratory rate for horses that and when the weather is, you know, super humid and hot, that may be elevated and that may just be normal uh, for that horse too and may not be indicative of any disease, but the normal respiratory rate, you know, all things going well for the horse is about um, 12 to 20 um, breaths per minute. Okay. Next situation. I walk into the barn. I've just brought everybody in and oh my gosh, there's blood. <laughs> what do I do? There's blood. My horse is bleeding. <laughs> I Let's say from a, from a wound. Let's start with that. Okay, so you get to the barn. Can I just uh, go back a little bit and just mention something about the colic? Oh, yeah. If the case is colic. Okay, so what I like to say is I, um, in, a, in a pharmacy, in a farm, uh, I would like owners to be able to have non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs such as banamine uh, or bute for these kinds of uh, situations. And I live in Lexington. So at any moment of the day, I have at least 200 veterinarians available, right, mm -hmm. to come to my place. But other people may not be so uh, fortunate. So I would like owners to be able to, and if they, they need to talk to their veterinarians, to be able to learn to administer banamine uh, intra, you know, vascularly, so IV, uh, because that is one of the things as you're waiting for the veterinarian to arrive, that's one of um, the, the parameters that we measure if the horse is improving or not. So when you give Benamine IV uh, and the horse starts to improve, so that's a good sign, right? But sometimes if you give it orally, it just takes one to two hours for the drug to start to work as opposed to 15 to 20 minutes for the IV drug to start to work. And then when you give orally, you, you know, because there's only so much anti-inflammatory drugs that we can give to a horse on a day within 24 hours, you prevent the veterinarian from being able to give, you know, a little bit more uh, IV to be able to actually check the parameters for the horse. So that is something that I like every owner to know. So they need to learn from their veterinarians how to give an IV shot. Now, so that is interesting that you say that. I'm going to fo follow up with that. First of all, IV intravenously, not IM. Do not give a muscle shot of banamine. You can have a lot of problems, correct? That is true. Unfortunately, Benamine, when it was FDA approved in the label, it does say that you can give um, intramuscularly, but we see, you know, the problem with what we call clostridial myositis when we give um, 
benamine intramuscularly. So even though the label does say that, uh, we can only give benamine. There's oral formulations, and then there is the, 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 the liquid one should be given IV. Okay. Now, the, the, the next thing you mentioned is, I, you know, I was under the impression that if you have a colicky horse, yes, you may be able to give it banamine, but like that, that one might mask symptoms for your veterinarian. So you're saying you would prefer them to go ahead and give it instead of just wait for you. Well, so the thing is, so it depends. So if my veterinarian is going to arrive within 10 minutes, so then you don't have to, right? Give right. that. Now, and if the veterinarian is going to be an hour away, it's it's kind of cruel to leave a horse with so much pain waiting for the vet for an hour. So it just depends on where, you know, you live. Now, masking the symptoms uh, for the veterinarian, I don't really know because that I agree with that. Yes, because if the horse improves, it's a good sign because okay. there are cardinal signs between a colic that should be treated um, medically, which means, you know, IV fluids, benamine, uh, and colics that need to go to surgery. And one of the parameters is to see how the horses respond to banamine and maybe xylazine, which is a sedative and also analgesic. So that is something that the veterinarians will be looking for. So they will ask you, what's his heart rate? Oh, it's 55. And then you give the banamine and 15 minutes later, it's 45. That is a good, good sign that the horse is improving and may not need to go to surgery. So, but you cannot just give banamine without having the initial heart rate first and temperature. Okay. Gotcha. Now, is there any anything, say my horse is dehydrated, is banamine counterproductive for that? Is there anything that, I, any problems that could arise with giving a horse banamine, uh, like without you being there to see it? Oh, yes, yes. Because uh, th those uh, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, they can damage the kidney. Uh, so, it, it, so that's why I said you have to be, you know, ju judicious on the way that you give because you cannot give so much. There's only so much benamine that a horse can receive within 24 hours without damaging the kidneys. So if your horse is dehydrated, um, you know, you may need to check for dehydration status also, which is to look in the gums and see if they're, if they're super dry. Uh, you can do the pinch, the skin pinch test to see, you know, if the skin just goes back really fast within like one to two seconds uh, or not, although there, there is, you know, confounding uh, problems with that too. Um, so there is those, but again, I go back to if your veterinarian is super close 10 minutes away as opposed to an hour or two hours away. And then you have to, you know, make a decision then. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, and then, then the, let's go to the, to the, but that was by the way, fantastic information. Uh, <laughs> secondly, I walk in and my horse is bleeding from a wound and I know that is so general, but what are some things that I'm going to want to do or look at or try to deduce while I am calling you? Okay, so as your horse is actively bleeding, okay, so if that's what's happening right now, the first thing that you need to know and need to do is to stop the hemorrhage. You need to do everything that you can to stop the bleeding. And how do we do that? We do that by compressing the wound, okay? And how do we compress this wound? We, I like, you know, like those little like hand towels on Walmart, like mainstays, they have like these little white little <laughs> towels that you can yes. buy. So I like owners to have, you know, uh, several of those because those are perfect and just keep them clean. Uh, and then you just, you can put a towel and then a little towel. You can, depending on where the wound is, you may need to hold it, right? Say if it's, um, uh, if it's like the, the torso of the horse or abdomen, as opposed to leg, if it's in the leg, you can put these towels and then you can uh, vet wrap or do some sort of bandage around. And if you continue to see frank blood coming through, you continue to add towels and vet wrapping or elasticon also or any kind of bandage to try to compress that wound. What you don't do is as you see frank blood coming through, striking through the, the, the towel, is to remove that towel because mm -hmm. any clot that may have formed, when you remove it, you just remove that clot also. So it's, it's just adding more bandaging and, you know, 
towels. It can also be uh, that combined cotton that can also work. Uh, I mean, literally one time we were in a competition and this horse impaled himself and we didn't have anything. So, and this was actually in the World Equestrian Games here in Lexington. And the veterinarian just shoved his jacket inside the horse's wound. And then because this horse is going to surgery anyway, right? So then Mm -hmm. we think about sterilizing the wound later. Right now, we need to have this horse alive and not bleed to death. So, yeah. So, if you don't have clean towns, which, again, people should be prepared for emergencies when they own horses. So, I want you to have like a pharmacy in your house. You need to have little towels, and that's how we use to stop the blood. So, that's the first thing that we do. Once the bleeding has stopped, you call the veterinarian. Right. Or just be compressing it with one hand and be calling the vet with the other. Have you that ever showed up? Phenomenal. Have you ever showed up, Dr. Camargo, to like a place where, because this is what would happen to me, is I wouldn't have any towels handy. I'd panic and I'd probably take off my shirt. And then I'd be compressing the blood and you would drive up and I'd be standing in the barn aisle in a puddle of blood in my bra. Has that ever happened to you? <laughs> That has never happened to me. Okay. But it has has happened to my friend. Really? (laughs) Well, it has happened to me helping my friend, but this is my personal friend. This is not a a horse. This is my friend friend. She had an IV going on at home, and she went to remove it, and it's bleeding everywhere, and she took her shirt off. And I come with my son, and she starts screaming, I'm topless, I'm topless. I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about. And she's like, no, literally, I don't have a shirt on. <laughs> I knew there had to be a story in there somewhere. <laughs> we decided to call me because I'm two minutes from her as opposed to 911, which was going to take like 10, 15 minutes to arrive. So I went there to stop the bleeding, and then we called 911. Yeah, uh-huh. and that's how yeah. crazy it is. Yeah, so it happened. <laughs> it happens i love it i mean if you're bleeding out lisa call your vet okay i mean they're the first one (laughs) we're fast they're faster uh well dr camargo this has been great information thank you so much where can people read more about you or get in touch with you or uh find out where you are if you just, you can uh, type on Google Fernanda Camargo and University of Kentucky, you're going to find, you know, the web page and you can get in contact with me that way. We have a lot of uh, fact sheets uh, written about these things. And uh, can I just mention one more thing about emergencies? Oh, please. Okay. So eyes, eyes are always emergencies. Okay. So, and that's one of the things that people just look, Oh, it may just be allergies. It may just be flies or whatever. And that may be the case, but eyes go wrong really quickly. So when you see your horse with eye issues, uh, it's an emergency. Okay. So that is something that I need to say. Good addition. I love it. I, that was my next one, but we ran out of time. But the next thing is I walk in the bar and my horse is squinting. What do I do? Call the vet. <laughs> Just call the vet. That's right. <laughs> call the vet. All right, Dr. Kramogra, thank you so much for joining us. I look forward to having you back on next time. And uh, I'll try to keep my shirt on when the vet comes. <laughs> Please do. Wear two. Wear two of them. <laughs> <laughs> thank you all. Have a good week. Thank you. Bye. You do. <laughs> thank you. Bye-bye. So I'm very excited to introduce Raymond White. He is the brother of Cheryl White, who was the first female black jockey in the United States. And he's the co-author of a book that's coming out on his sister. Raymond, welcome to Horses in the Morning. Hey, good morning. How are you all doing? Can you hear me okay? Oh, yeah. You're coming in loud and clear. This is so exciting to me because uh, many years ago, I was involved in the Appaloosa horse industry, and I actually met your sister, Cheryl. Really? Yes. This would have been maybe in 1977 or 1978. I was managing a farm that bred some Appaloosa racehorses, and we were at a track, and I remember meeting her. No kidding. Yeah, that would have been shortly, not long after she'd been out there for about two or three years at that point. So, yeah. Um, so she, so tell tell us a little bit about your sister. So she started riding uh, very early. Your dad was a trainer. How did she get to be the first female black jockey? Um, It kind of just happened naturally. I mean, we were born and raised on a 400-acre horse farm, and um, we've been around horses and raised around horses our whole lives, and 
I mean, both of us had actually ridden before or were on the back of a horse before we were able to walk. Um, so it was just kind of natural that, uh, um, you know, Cheryl wanted to be, she wanted to be a jockey. And of course there was a little pushback from my father because, you know, back then it was tough for, you know, female jockeys were just beginning. Um, and my father was not a fan of a real fan of female jockeys. Low later he did become, and he was a, a champion of female jockeys. Eventually. <laughs> so, um, you know, but it was so, kind of natural that she, she wanted to be a, a jockey. That's just uh, great that she could really get her passion going in a time when there really wasn't anything going. She broke barriers because she started riding, what, about 50 years ago? Uh, yeah, 1971. She rode her first race in 1971. And, that's just um, that's amazing. Yeah, we'll, so, actually, uh, we'll actually be coming up on the anniversary of her first, uh, her first ride. She had not only her gender against her, but her race against her. So she was black and she was female. How did she overcome some of those tremendous odds? Um, you know, she uh, I, she was she overcame them by kind of being oblivious to them. She didn't hmm. pay attention to it. Um, and the racetrack is kind of a um, you know, it's it, it's a really tight family um, on the racetrack. So you know, a lot of that outside noise was just you know she she had a she had a good support system between a, a family um and you know my father had a tremendous reputation um he'd had two horses in, you know earlier in his early years he had had horses in the preakness and in the derby um so he had a really big reputation as far as being a, a good horseman and and so that kind of gave her a leg up um you know as far as the respect of giving her a chance um, so she, you know, she had some pushback here and there, but you know, she was really, Cheryl never let things bother her, you know, yeah. as far as to stop her from, from reaching her goal. So, yeah. Um, now, Raymond, I have, I have to ask, did she know that she was breaking ground and that she was opening the doors for women everywhere after her? Did she understand that? I, you know what, she might not have understood that in the beginning because she was 17. Mm. Um, and when you're 17, you kind of, don't <laughs> grasp, you don't grasp those things. Um, but as, you know, as life went on, she, she did realize that, um, you know, she did realize that she was very, um, um, you know, very supportive of other, other female jockeys. And, um, she, she was, you know, She's, I mean, I, I, you know, you hear after her passing, I actually have heard, you know, I've talked, I've come into contact with so many people um, during the time when she, you know, we were having our transit where, when she was in a hospital, mm-hmm. um, I've so many people, she, she had so many people that just loved her. And then I start hearing all the stories of, you know, how supportive she was and, um, you know, it was just, it was just an amazing, it was amazing. I mean, I've got, I only had about a hundred Facebook friends. If, if now I have over about, about 400 and most of them are my <laughs> sisters. So, uh, you know, it was, yeah. Yeah. Now, is that what, of, is that what uh, made you want to write the book about her? All that outpouring yeah, of love? I mean, I, I, in, you know, look, I was, I was very, always very proud of my sister. Um, from the time I was nine and she started riding, you know, I bragged about my sister. You know, there was a time when my sister was a household name, um, oh, yes. back, back, back then, you know, we only had, you know, three TV stations. You had your local newspapers, you had news. I mean, we only had so many news sources and she was on the cover of jet magazine. She was in the news, you know, she was in the news. So people right. knew who Cheryl White was. When I was a nine-year-old, 10-year-old kid, I used to get free ice cream and free this and that. Oh, you're <laughs> Cheryl White's brother. You know, so I was always very proud of my sister. And um, and she just, you know, she just, uh, um, I have found that she's been missed in history. You yeah. know, I hear, you know, even when Black History Month comes and I hear all the, Things that they, you know, they, they talk about this person and that person, this person. Cheryl White's name never comes up. So, you know, I've kind of made it my mission and our family mission to make sure that her, her place in history is acknowledged. 
Well, um, and it's, you're, you know, you're doing a really good job of that because you've got you've got a, a, a book coming out next year. What's the title of that book? Um, right now, the working title is the the, the, the jockey and her horse. Okay. Um, okay. That's the working title. We will. Uh, um, I will. We'll probably. I don't know if that's going to be remain the title. The first draft is done. Um, the first draft is done. Um, we've already got a publisher, um, and I'm working with Sarah Maslinier, who's a New York Times journalist, and um, she's been wonderful. I mean, she's awesome. she is. Uh, yeah. Yeah, she is. She is awesome. We we met through. She contacted me last year, and um, there's Cheryl worked at Mahoning Valley Racecourse in Youngstown, Ohio, uh, which is a part of the Hollywood Casino, a uh, racino there. But they have a race in Cheryl's name every year now. Oh, and that's amazing. So yeah, so we go there as a family, and I present the trophy to the winner. Um, and Sarah contacted us about four or five days before this race, and when I explained to her that, you know, we were going to this race, she says, can I come? And I was like, absolutely. Um, and that's where she came and brought a photographer and she, she did the whole article in the New York times. And then it's kind of taken off from there. We consider Sarah family. So that's what I told her. I said, you are, you're, you're family now. So Aww, <laughs> that know, is great. Yeah, so, yes. Now, um, now Raymond, tell us, you've got, you've got some movie things in the works too. That's really exciting. Yeah, we are trying to get the uh, movie and the documentary done, as, as, as they say in the, the lingo, a scripted and <laughs> unscripted, um, uh, you know, two, two, two features. Um, so we're trying to do a documentary and a movie. Um, and we do have a, uh, a partner that we just agreed to on, a, on the option for it to just agree to um, um, try to get this thing done and get it off the ground. So, um we're excited about that. And, uh, that actually just came about where we came to an agreement last week. So, um, that actually, you know, my understanding is that's pretty quick that things like this, for something to happen this fast. Yeah, it, it um, really is. Know, so, yeah. Some people, they say go years and years and years and nothing happens. So right. Well, uh, we're excited. Fingers crossed that this thing would, the goal, I guess, uh, as I understand, is to try and get things produced and up and running by, by Black History Month next year. I don't know if that's possible, but um, we shall see. Yeah. So, so how do I'm so fascinated by her story, I think, be, because I've met her, but just in reading about everything that she accomplished in her life. How do how do I keep up and how do the listeners keep up with all that's happening with this story? Um, we need to have a website where people can go and check in and, um, but that, that's a really good question and I don't have a good answer for it. Uh, you know what? Uh, I mean, just starting a Facebook page for yes. it would be a great, yeah, just a yeah, big, easy, cheap that, way to do it. Yeah, that would absolutely, that would absolutely be, um, a great way to do it. And that, that and we will take your advice on that. I just, everything's been happening so fast. Yeah. Um, uh, with everything, it's just kind of, been, we, you know, Cheryl was, uh, she was featuring uh, Churchill Downs in the, um, the Racing Hall of Fame there. Um, they had a, uh, it was uh, Women in Racing. She was in that um, display, which is, I think is now down. It was a temporary display. And then she was mm -hmm. in the, uh, she was in the, uh, another display of Women in Racing in uh, Saratoga um, in the Hall of Fame there. And then she's her and my father are supposed to be. I need to contact the Churchill Downs uh, Museum. They're supposed to be on a traveling um, display that uh, that's going around the country. And I need to find out what's going on with that. Um, but yeah, we we'll, we will create a Facebook page and um, for Cheryl White. And and obviously, we want to you know we want to keep this people interested and in, and in, uh, you know they can. I, I mean anybody's got. If you Google my sister's name and Cheryl White Jockey, all kinds of information. Oh, it, it comes up all over the place. And and yeah, I just think, yeah. you know, her story is so inspiring and empowering, um, particularly, I think, for younger people who are maybe just starting out to, you know, say, hey, you can right. break through these barriers and you can do whatever it is that Absolutely. you want to do. And because she did it. We're, yeah. And we're trying to do so many things to, um, to bring, you know, awareness to, you know, we, we've got so many 
we want to create a foundation in her name. We want, we would like to uh, be in, you know, bring, um, make uh, horse racing and horses um, for underprivileged children to maybe get involved with. Um, you know, we're just, there's so many layers and things to try and do. You know, obviously there's only 24 hours of the day. <laughs> so sometimes you, sometimes you get a little too ambitious and it's like, well, we got too many things we're trying to do. But, right, right. Um, you know, we, we do. We really want to, you know, have a legacy, uh, her legacy. And, um, you know, Cheryl was not very good at promoting herself. Um, you know, the guys, the people at Mahoning Valley, they, they never really knew her story until after she was gone. She didn't talk about herself. She didn't brag about herself. She, um, all they knew is that she was Cheryl White. She used to be a jockey. That's all. They didn't know her history, her backstory. They didn't know any of that because she yeah. didn't. You know, it's like when we she when she rode in a from 2010 to 2014. She rode in the uh, the Lady Legends in um, at the at, at Pimlico Preakness weekend. Um, they, the race was on Black Eyed Susan Day. They would have eight. They would have eight female legend jockeys come out of retirement to ride in this race. And uh, and I, well, I'll tell you what, I was inviting people all the time to come to this. <laughs> she, got, she got mad at me one day because she was like, "Oh, these, you know, the, the horse I'm on is not very good, and I I don't want you bringing people to." I don't want you bringing people to watch me lose. I'm like, <laughs> they don't care about you losing. They they want to be around you. You know, she sometimes oh. didn't understand her. Uh, she's just, she didn't understand her. Uh, Influence. She almost couldn't grasp that people wanted to just be in her orbit. Right. You know, well, so, I, I thought she wasn't. Yeah, I just love the fact that you're you're bringing her story forward and you're sharing it with the world because I mean this right. is a story that I think that everybody can get behind. So, thank you so much. I'm going to be looking for that Facebook page and um, yes. you know I'll, I'll be like your first your first Facebook friend there. Um, well, and and well, thank you. Will, and keep we, us keep us informed on what's going on. I will, and uh, hopefully we get that up and running, and maybe we can do this again, and I'll I'll be better informed and better prepared. <laughs> been great. Hey, we will all be looking for the Facebook page with Cheryl White Jockey. Okay. We're all yeah, going to start looking it. for it. So, Raymond, you're in charge. Oh, yeah. All right. That's exactly what it's going to be Cheryl White Jockey. <laughs> all right. So, sounds great. Thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. I appreciate you. Have a wonderful day. Well, that is just a really cool story of like a brother who's just super proud of his sister, you know? I just love that. I just love his pride and, and his sharing of her story because it really, it's so empowering. I just love it. I'm like, uh, we need to get you organized, my friend. Get that yep. Facebook page up and running. We'll be be able to follow everything. Well, hey, uh, before we get to weird news, it's actually brought to you by American Harvest. And this is an ad that for those who haven't, well, you didn't hear the 47 pages <laughs> that it took Lisa to read this ad in last time. So last time. I'm going to, I'm going to let you try to redeem yourself and see if you can read this ad in one take. Now, let me say that whoever's editing this, do not cut okay it is going to <laughs> this is going to go as long as it needs to go with lisa because she there is a certain few words in here that she literally can't pronounce so well, now, now you're putting the pressure on james uh -huh, I mean, exactly I mean. <laughs> all right here we go american harvest is the sponsor of weird news lisa tell us about american harvest here we go. If you're a horse owner or a trainer that cares, I'd love to introduce you to the American Harvest products, premium hemp extracts and their rare new product, equine hemp pellets. With American Harvest hemp-derived CBD pellets, horses could benefit from faster recovery from performance activities. They could have a feeling of relief from inflammation or pain and a sense of calmness or reduced nervousness and ease of digestion. The natural equine hemp pellets are vet formulated, produced from natural hemp and manufactured with potent raw CBD and no chemical processing, obtaining a palatable flavored pellet. If a liquid application is more convenient for you, American Harvest produces a THC-free CBD oil, the premium hemp extract. 
ask for American Harvest at your favorite equine shop, any Hubbard dealer, or online at store.altech.com. I mean, I did it. That was amazing. You were way too careful, though. I need you to read it like the Micro Machines guy. If you're new, we're under trans. The kids love it. That was great. I had to do it. I had one take, Johnny, over here. All right, then. There you go. (laughs) Well, just real quickly, I used to be Johnny Paycheck's publicist, and that was his nickname in the in the recording studio. Oh, really? I didn't even know that. He would. He would. Do one take and then he was done. It didn't matter if it was good or bad. He was done. <laughs> one take, Johnny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I interviewed John Smoltz and like I had him, he's a Braves player, and I had him read a bunch of stuff. And he's like, he reads it all like perfect. He's like, one take, Johnny. What's up? <laughs> like awesome um all right well weird news is brought to you by let's see all of these interesting people that read weird news stories and then send it to me glenn amy laura jenny laureen ina april heather and allison all sent me weird news stories because what happens is you read a story you're like oh that's pretty weird. Email that to Jamie at horseradionetwork.com with weird news in the subject line. And I, I'm there's so many of them, but Glenn only lets me do like four typically, but I'm going to do five because he's not here and he could suck it. Uh, so <laughs> the first place we are going to go, I'm not going to tell you who submitted what story because it's none of your business where they get their news. Uh, because like this person. What they clicked on this story, which is a story in Texas. Okay, do you, have you ever been to Galveston, Texas? Like a yes, it's a big oil town. Okay, well, it's a there's like a beach. Uh, there's a destination in Galveston County, Texas called Crystal Beach on the Bolivar Peninsula. Okay. And what could possibly go wrong when they have the annual Go Topless Jeep Weekend? <laughs> <laughs> Okay. It's a thing. Go topless Jeep weekend. And uh, typically they'll have, you know, 10 to 20,000 people there any year for this go topless Jeep weekend. Uh, 80,000 people came this year. Can you say people are tired of being locked up in their houses? 80,000 <laughs> revelers, they say, attended the week long event for Jeep enthusiasts. And um, there was only. <laughs> Only a few arrests, okay? I mean, what could possibly go wrong? Uh, They had 38 individuals transported to area hospitals that included eight people who had to be life-flighted out, dozens transported by ground. Guess what the main problem was? Sunburn? Uh, No, (laughs) no, drinking. (laughs) Drinking? they, they said more than 100 people were arrested over the weekend as deputies responded to multiple assaults, fights, and DWIs. Oh, my. Oh, my. Yeah. I was just thinking I wouldn't want to get sunburned in a certain place if I was topless. That's true. That's true. That would that also would be- suck. That, could, that would yes that would they didn't they didn't detail those uh, those transports. <laughs> All right. <laughs> next one. Houston, we have a problem. All right, the next news story is, you know, like my husband is an airline pilot and I know you can hear me. I don't know what I would think about this, which is Frontier Airlines, not American Airlines. They're heroes, okay? Because this lady is flying on Frontier Airlines. I have I'm going to give you all the information I have. Okay. And she goes into labor. Oh, oh my no. my water broke. And guess where she is? Florida. She's heading to Florida, of course. Uh, she, my water broke. Oh god, the baby's coming. I mean, that's a that's a pretty quick uh, turnaround for the baby. Yeah. So yeah. So the captain Chris and I made arrangements for the plane to be diverted to Pensacola while flight attendant Diana Geraldo helped the woman give birth. Where you ask? In the plane's back lavatory. Let me tell you something. Let me not it's lay on like the ground. Well, also, it's disgusting. Like, <laughs> that is very not sanitary, an airline bathroom. It's horrible. I, I don't think I'm going to lay down and pop it open right there. You know what I mean? But, like, okay. So, point is, the crew, she he said, the crew did a great job. I transferred controls to my first officer. I coordinated the division. The I'm sorry. 
I coordinated the diversion. Dispatch did great. They got its job well done by everybody on Frontier Airlines. No news about how the whole thing happened. Like, okay, I was pregnant once. And I remember I was five months pregnant and we flew somewhere and I was like, okay, that's not happening again. Like, woof, that is not comfortable. No, I want to know why this woman was on a plane flying that far along in her pregnancy and how she got that sucker pushed out so fast. Yes. Yes. That's the question. And I want to know what she named the baby. Did she name it Frontier? I mean, really, she should name it. I mean, if it's a girl, she names it Diana after the flight attendant or names it Lavatory. (laughs) (laughs) Again, it's one of those that gives me more questions than answers. Why would she fly into Florida? Where is she going? Like, we need follow-ups. I'm going to try to find a follow-up for this story. All right, next one. Help you, I can. And this can only happen in Louisiana. That's right. Uh, I can't pronounce a lot of the towns, but uh, the uh, Iberia Parish is where police were called at 3.30 in the morning. Nothing good happens at 3.30 in the morning. They were called uh, because of an illegal transport of a house. When officers arrived on the scene, (laughs) they found an abandoned truck, trailer, and a house. Blocking the 400 block of Burrard Road. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, apparently, the, 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 this has been a ongoing. This is the quote. This has been an ongoing situation, and the owner of the house, Tony Domingue, male 46, was instructed and warned by sheriff's officers that permits needed to be acquired to transport the house. Well, apparently, those instructions were ignored, and uh, he decided to move the house himself. I mean, if you can't put your house on wheels, what are you doing? I guess. How yeah. big is so, the house? Do we know? Uh, well, it, you know, good question, Lisa, because here's what happened. As he drove the house on the trailer down the road, he took out every mailbox, <laughs> every road sign, <laughs> trees, and also pulled down multiple power lines. Apparently, <laughs> the 700 people in that area were without power for, I don't know, several hours, at again, at 3.30 in the morning. So, I guess, and they, by the way, <clears throat> I, I, I'm going to have to post this picture in the auditor room because you, people in Louisiana that would move a house uh, look exactly like you think they would look. <laughs> <laughs> but... I gotta tell I'm, I I'm I feel like I don't know if I can say this on the air, but I'm gonna try and then you can edit it out. So the one man looks like Tony is this dude, and he apparently had uh, Nico Camo who was helping him. And I'm looking at a picture of Nico's mugshot because they did end up arresting them. They were booked into prison. However, Nico has a very unique tattoo. I don't okay. know if he lost a bet. I don't know if he was sleeping when prison and they did this to him. I don't know. But on the very bridge of his nose is, um, hmm. Like, how can I say on the bridge of his nose? It is shaped. It looks like male genitalia. Oh my goodness. Like, (laughs) like the whole top to bottom is tattooed on his nose. And I'm going to take a picture of this and I'm going to post it on the Horses in the Morning auditor page. And if you are not an auditor, you should be because you're going to... That would be worth seeing. It is. It is worth seeing. Okay, the picture is snapped. (laughs) (laughs) I I feel like I need to text it to you, Lisa, right now so you can actually see this. Hold on. Let me make sure I have your phone number in here. Yes, okay. I'm texting you the photo of this tattoo. I'm going to text it to Jennifer as well because she is there. And uh, just because I really am not sure that I'm seeing what I'm seeing. Is it? Oh, you absolutely are seeing what you are seeing. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Holy, right? holy. Why what? would somebody do that? I mean, that, that's son, you got it. That's weird. crazy. And, and you're right. He looks exactly like you would think somebody looks looks like. 
would have a um, tattoo. I mean, that's a wiener on his on his nose. On his nose. He on tattooed nose. wiener and um, the little dangly bits at the bottom are even there as well. So um, yes, yes. Yeah, oh my goodness. <laughs> so so not, not to change the subject, but what happened to the house? Uh, yeah, they didn't. They, again, some of these give you more questions than answers. It all it talks about is how they got arrested. Let's see, and they cleared out power lines. Nobody had power, and then there's the uh, very disturbing mug shots. So, <laughs> done. Jennifer, did That's you right. get the text? I can't unsee that. Oh, really? You did? <laughs> did you need to do that? Really? I just wanted to include you on everything. I didn't want you to feel like we were ignoring you. All yeah. right, next story. Yeah. This one hits a little close to home because this is in Ashtabula, Ohio. And I used to live in Ashtabula County, Ohio. And this is the crime that happens in Ashtabula. It's about the only crime or anything that happens in Ashtabula. There was one bar. I used to work at South Farm, which is a horse trial east of Cleveland, like Menor, uh, way east in Ashtabula County. And there's more, I would drive to work to South farm and there'd be more horse and buggies than cars. Cause it's Amish country. It's like, that's what they do. Well, there was one pub in uh, the, the little tiny town that I drove through and uh, we would go to the pub and um, the Amish would come in. There'd be like, there's pool tables and stuff. And the Amish guys would come in and they would go straight to the bathroom and they would change into like, normal people clothes like yank clothes or whatever and then come out and play pool and then when they were done after a night of drinking and frolicking they would then go back into the bathroom and put their amish attire back on and then drive seriously home. seriously yeah. seriously uh, okay no I'm, I'm sure it's not the entire amish community but it was a bunch of punk kids you know okay. yeah okay <laughs> uh, We'd he- then they would head back, but of course their horses have been tied up in the parking lot you know so anyway they drove home well um it says here in this news story that an Ashtabula deputy ensued on what was possibly the slowest police chase of all time. When he noticed <laughs> a drunk Amish man passed out in a moving buggy around 3 a.m. Apparently he passed out and the horse was just, I don't know, traveling like down the road. Uh, so he radios in. He's like, you know, all right, dispatch. There's a Bud Light can sitting in there and he's passed clean out as he, Oh, he said it to his body camera as he investigated. We got a drunk Amish guy passed out in a buggy said he tried to stop and circle the horse a few times, but like with no luck, obviously this guy doesn't know how to get out and like, I don't know, get the rain uh, to stop. He said he turned eastbound on Bogue and I yelled at the guy when he rode by, Uh, but no no response. (laughs) Uh, he actually got in his cruiser and got in front of the horse horses. It says horses to help guide the buggy. But then the horses shocker rammed into his car. And when that happened, the man apparently eventually woke up and he was arrested on charges of intoxication. And apparently he sustained a minor injury. I believe that's called a hangover, but you can <laughs> judge yourself. So, so probably, you know, you think, well, maybe the horses are going home, you know, but here's, here's, here's my question. What happened to the horses? Really, Again, what happened? Nothing. They, no info. Stop with the follow-up questions, Lisa. I don't I know. know. It's like when I told you, you're not allowed to have any soul when you do uh, really bad ads. You can't yes. ask any follow-ups. <laughs> I'm just reading what I have. I know. But- um, okay. Finally, it's a quick story. I'm just gonna gonna end. You know, like when you're 19 years old, you've got a bucket list, right? I mean, clearly you have a bucket list of things in 19 that have to happen to you in your life. And so 19-year-old Florida woman was uh, in the Florida Keys and she was on vacation and she like was driving too fast and they tried to pull her over and she's like, I'm not going to get pulled over. And so she like took off. Okay. And she started driving and they turned on their sirens and lights and she did not stop. And so a police chase ensued and they finally got her pull over and they got her out of the car and she's shocker drunk at night. <laughs> drunk. <laughs> they pull her out of the car 
And they're like, you're under arrest. And what is her response? Oh, my God. I have always wanted to get arrested. It's been on my bucket list since high school. <laughs> high school is yesterday. Yesterday. <laughs> oh, my goodness. She knock it all out early. But, again, I just I like to start and end weird news with Florida. And there you go. Oh, my God. This is so exciting. Oh, my God. Love getting arrested. It's been on my bucket list. I'm in the keys and I'm on vacation. So like, woo, spring break. <laughs> so all except the Ohio story were part of the southern United States. I don't know if that says anything because I am a proud, you know, resident of the South. I don't, but I'm just saying. Yeah, we have, let's see, we oh, we got Texas, Florida, Louisiana. You know, I, it's weird. Usually I go to Australia at least once. Yeah. <laughs> Every weird news. But there you go. That's your weird news. Again, thanks, everybody, for submitting it. And uh, Lisa, as always, thank you for being on. Jen, thank you for producing. Thank you for putting up with me when I showed up late because it's and been wet. a day. And uh, yeah, I'm still wet and my feet are freezing even with the socks. So I'm going to go <laughs> get dressed and warm up. Uh, Lisa, you have a wonderful day, my friend. It's always nice to hang out with you and talk to you. And I will again be posting the mugshot of the guy with the dangly bits on the tip of his nose. <laughs> Spay, neuter, gout, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>